welcome back to season three of Write That Down. That feels weird. This is episode 58. How are you doing, Nate? I'm Jacob, by the way. If It's been a while, it so you been. might not recognize our voices. Yeah, no, it has been a while. Uh, season three, pseudo season three. I mean, we. Yeah. it took us a while to finalize season two. Um, <laughs> it was a long, unintended break. I mean, it was it was somewhat attended intended at some point. We just forgot to tell anyone about it. Yes, and then it was prolonged, as things get prolonged. Yeah, but that's all right. I mean, hey, yeah. we're back. We're having a good time. We've we've been talking about starting up season three for a couple weeks now. We've been getting excited. Our schedules are finally looking like they'll finally start to permit us to have some time. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, outside of just actually recording the episode and we've talked about this, it's, you know, um, setting up ourselves for the episode, formatting things, finding new music and stuff, right. Getting new art, shout out to some friends out there who are doing that. Um, but also, you know, making sure that we have enough time to fulfill our you know creative needs and stuff outside of the podcast so that we can actually chat about them here. Uh, and so, and so if that's not occurring, then it's, you know, there's the content just isn't there. So yeah, that I think the time, uh, the the break as we talked about before when we had the previous break was well spent and um, much needed, and hopefully we can start up this season uh, with some more episodes, sort of rejuvenated in a sense, um, yeah, and sort of excited to continue to uh, to record. And that now that time is finally permitting somewhat. Yeah, I'd say uh, someone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, starting today, we're coming back with bi-weekly episodes. I'm going to have to immediately start this one off with my obligatory sorry for brownie noises in the background. Because he's just going to town on a bone. He never, when it's just me and brownie alone at home, he's just so content to, like, hang out with me and sleep on the couch for a while. But then as soon as I hit record on this microphone, uh, he just, he can't deal with the fact that I'm not paying attention to him. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I understand that Brownie and, and Farley got along. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, a for, few days yeah, ago. So, brief brief second, we should totally talk about that. So, um, Big Brownie, Horse Brownie, right, uh, saddled up and came over the mountain um, with Harry uh, and hung out with my my dogs, Mopsy and, and Farley. Uh, Dorcas kind of jumped in and around, but wasn't you know there the whole time. Uh, but no, Farley loves uh, Brownie. Now um, we took them outside. They ran around and then they ripped in the house. Now I don't have a big house, so it was uh, like a tornado um, of yeah. dog sniffing butt, sniffing butt, circling each other in this small house. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Harry uh, and I and um, Winter thoroughly enjoyed. Watching Big Brownie and somewhat littler Farley uh, just jump. I mean, man, I couldn't tell if Farley was terrified, excited, uh, or just both, right? Because he'd run around and make noises and then cry and then run back up and pounce on Brownie. (laughs) And it was just a whole spectacle. So hopefully this is the start of a a dog friendship that uh, we get to see blossom into, into, uh, you know, future play dates and stuff. Yeah. I was bummed I had to miss it because I had our uh, choir rehearsal. Yeah. Um, that's you weren't at because you're not doing this this Christmas concert. But whatever. You abandoned me. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I also understand because uh, Mopsy and Brownie had previously met, but it was mixed results. Well, yeah, that. yeah, Mopsy, um, Mopsy's a gentle, for the most part, a gentle soul, right? And and Brownie also yeah. is, but it's tucked inside the body of a giant, and uh, yeah. literally Mopsy's head can fit in Brownie's mouth, and and we we've seen that happen. So, so Mopsy's yeah. not quite certain that all the goodness is there in the dog yet. But it was really yeah. nice for Mopsy because she got to sit on the couch and just watch as Big Dog and Little Dog just ripped through the house and she wasn't yeah. the center of attention, which was really nice for her. That, that's what Harry said. Harry said it seemed like Mopsy was happy to not have to deal with Farley for a second. Not to have to deal with Farley or Brownie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, hopefully... Uh, Hopefully, I'll be able to be there at some point for that. Um, the tales yeah, of Brownie and Farley. It's always fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. Well, I guess we should. Uh, we don't really have like a, a, a firm topic uh, to, you know, talk about like, okay, here's how we use lenses or whatever. Although that is something we should do at some point. Okay. Basically, today, we just want to catch up. Yeah. Uh, one for the sake of you, the listener, to hear what we've been up to, but also m- more importantly for the sake of us so that we can actually talk to each other about stuff that we've been doing, thinking about what have you, I guess, since the beginning of September when we uh, took our, our break. Our unintended um, break. Well, uh, so Nate, I guess, uh, how you been doing? Pretty good, actually. Uh, obviously, I think the correct answer and I think most people use this as the easiest answer is they just say busy. Um, and I don't yeah. think that's necessarily a good answer, nor is it the best answer, right? But yeah. But it, yeah. To me, it's like when you say fine and it's like fine means bad. Well, <laughs> yeah. So in some in some instances, yes. Uh, so, I mean, heck, we just um, shot a wedding video the first weekend of December. And that was my first December wedding. Most of it was outside. So... That was uh, interesting. Yeah. So I obviously have some stories about that. Uh, we're currently starting the editing process, and uh, we'll go into that in more detail later. But so obviously the wedding season was a lot longer than expected. Um, I've got some updates on my job at Penn State, which is exciting, and um, I'm I'm looking forward to talk about that here in a couple of episodes. Uh, and and I'm also really looking forward to um, chatting with some more folks on the on the show. We've had a variety of people reach out to us and say, "Hey, where where are uh, write that down episodes? What's going on? I I miss it." And uh, I didn't much realize, angrier than that. Well, yeah, and I didn't realize <laughs> that there are maybe five to ten folks who uh, actually truly miss the 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 episodes, which made me feel kind of like, "Well, why are you listening to us? Like, what the heck?" There's a lot of other stuff <laughs> out there. Go listen to This American Life or right, something. Go listen to NPR or Radio something. Lab. But, uh, which is good content by the way. Um, and we will never reach that level, but really shout out (laughs) to the folks who, uh, who actually did, who are avid listeners. Uh, we look forward to having more engagement on this season. Uh, we've got a whole, whole list of people we're going to reach out to. I know we talked about that last season, but we do have a big list, um, and we want to hear input on creativity from across the spectrum, right? From between art, um, physical art, digital art, potentially like augmented reality, virtual reality art, 
um, all the way out to like woodworking and, and um, all of these different things and film and photography, of course. But yeah, I'm hoping to run the gamut on all of the all of our friends and all the folks that we know and, and hopefully their communities we can get in touch with because I I truly want uh, a larger variety of folks on the show. Uh, that represent their endeavors and what they're excited about, because that's totally what we talk about. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot of big plans that we are ironing out. And they may come uh, in season five. Like, I'm not promising yeah. this season, because, you know, you never know if this will be like a two-episode season. Now, it's not going to be, but you never know these days, you know? Yeah. Uh, actually, here's something unrelated, but it has changed since our last episode, because I can hear it right now. Uh, it may or may not show up on the mic. But uh, the church uh, that we live near has begun or restarted doing the uh, bell chimes every 15 oh, minutes. as they should. <laughs> so, yes. It, yeah, I mean, Ditch it is, the watches it, and listen for the bells. I think that's a great way to live your life. Honestly, yeah. Like, at first I was like... It just came out of the blue mm-hmm. that they were doing it again. And I was like, why are they doing this? But now it is just kind of nice, especially as like a uh, a second alarm or snooze oh, yeah. button so that I can wake up. And then if I like don't get up immediately, but then I hear the next bell, I'm like, OK, I should actually get up now. Um, it's almost like it has a practical use. Yeah, almost. <laughs> hey, it's probably Not better. Quite. It's probably better than the fire department just honking their big horn every yeah. hour. Now, does Huntingdon, Huntingdon Fire Department still do that at noon? Yeah, noon on Saturdays. Yeah, noon on Saturdays. Okay, I always look yeah, forward the, to that big the old fire honk. Test, yeah. yeah. Oh, is it a test? Yeah. I always thought it was just for fun. I'm pretty sure it's a test. Okay. I mean, it it never fails, so maybe they can cut down every now and again, but. I guess yeah. it is important to make sure it's working. Very important, yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Um, there's also a, a guy who drives by uh, my and Harry's house uh, at 8 a.m. every morning and honks for one of our neighbors. Uh, oh, that's convenient, too. But you're I, at work well, by then, right? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm already up by then. It's just kind of annoying. Or maybe it's the weekend and I'm sleeping in. Uh, it's just like I've never understood the honk as you drive past someone's house because they have no idea who that's supposed to be i guess unless you do it literally every single day oh they have have it planned out yeah they know what's going on but like we live in a pretty condensed area so there's a lot of other people you're bothering so you understand what you're doing right now a lot of folks who listen to this show know where you live and hopefully (laughs) we can get more folks go let's see if we can get a honk sometime during the day by harry and jacob's house uh, and continue it for the month just to just to do it just to make me angry no yeah. no to to remind you that you have friends <laughs> i do need reminding yeah yeah all of us do so if yeah. you do know where they live and you feel like doing this try to honk at their house so uh, <laughs> and if you don't know schedule. where i live you don't have to look it up don't worry about it no no just ask harry he'll tell you <laughs> uh yeah, so, so you mentioned, uh, you know, wedding season. How, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, how many weddings have you shot this fall? Uh, I It kind of goes by a blur. Um, I don't think, I mean, we weren't overbooked, maybe f- six, five. Hmm. So not too many. I mean, we're talking over a course of a couple of months, a couple of the, like yeah. the bulk of the wedding seasons, um, like we had some back-to-back weddings, which 
um, is fun. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Like uh, if you think about a whole production process and everything that goes into it, um, you you know you're trying to get these these social media snippets out and then the yeah. whole reel and then not the reel, sorry, the highlight and then all of the other assets and stuff that they've, you know, pr- that we provide in the, the package. And when you have multiple back-to-back weddings, it's like, okay, we, we've got to get through this one, but then this one has to be due. We try to shoot for between two and three months uh, after the, the, yeah. the shoot date uh, to, to finalize and send over to, to the client and stuff. And so, yeah, I think it was, I think, we got double booked a couple dates, and so my numbers might be wrong, but we usually shoot for between six and ten a summer, uh, and so sure. we, we met that mark uh, this year, uh, and it's exciting. I mean, I like to to, to do that that kind of stuff. It's engaging. It's um, it allows me to do the creative stuff that I want to do outside of my work at Penn State, and yeah, there's always something different at each wedding, and we try to highlight those those things. Yeah, do you ever have? Uh because uh, from the outside looking in, it might feel seem like that, you know, each wedding might just be like the same thing over and over. Do you find yourself feeling creatively fulfilled in different ways from different weddings? Yeah, I think we're at a point. Well, we don't do too many weddings in a specific area that we're at the same venue every time. Sure. Or that there are, you know, different denominations of churches that are represented in, in in different, you know, types of services. I mean, we've gone from services that are an hour to services that are 15 minutes, right? C- ceremonies that are 15 minutes. And so that provides enough, like, different, different ways to s- sort of uh, chisel away at it and create something that's, you know, intriguing for a viewer. Uh, and then, of course, everyone does their their wedding a little bit differently. There's something that's always highlighted that's a little different at each wedding. Perhaps there's somebody really important like a grandmother or a grandfather or someone who they want to be a, a major part of this video. Uh, and we get to ask them questions and, and bring out their story and they get to tell us about, you know, how long they've been married and stuff like that. And so that's that's what brings difference between the weddings. And, and you know, for some folks who do 25 weddings a summer or during a wedding season, they're obviously going to find a lot of similarities. But for us, we're, we're really finding that different folks prefer different uh, traditions in their weddings. Some people like tra- more traditional stuff. Other people are like bringing in, like they're having the entrances and then they're playing flip cup and stuff. Like, so you have a wide <laughs> variety of what people want and that, and that provides fulfillment in, in creating different videos and such that are yeah. fun. And so, so you mentioned uh, like what, what all typically is involved in a, in a package that you're providing is, is it like the social media snippet, then the highlight and then the full thing? Yeah, so that's sort of our usual pack. So like we of course based on based on the pricing, I mean, and this is we, we this isn't our our wedding package um show, but based on the pricing, obviously the basic price is is going to give you um excuse me, it's going to give you uh sort of that snippet. We we like that that um 30 second to a minute just cinematic, really beautiful um yeah. video put together because that's partially our marketing because people share that and that's so easily watchable and, and shareable. Uh, it's also a lot of fun to make. Uh, and so, so that, that that's part of almost every package that we offer. And then of course we have that, uh, six to 10 minute, depending on, you know, 
how the flow of the the wedding is going in the video determines the the pacing and such and the length but six to ten minute highlight that kind of encapsulates everything that includes you know the speeches the ceremony toasts um sometimes it's prayer or something right depending on the the, the wedding and uh and uh a lot of times we do these notes where the you know the bride and groom will write notes to each other and then we'll do the reading so you get some really good sound yeah. bites uh, that's authentic right uh, and so that's that's part of a package and then the larger package includes all of those things in addition to like the full ceremony or something like that or, or the full speeches and stuff like that because a lot of times when we're making these highlights we're chipping away at a lot of those things to get the good snippets of you know what's ultimately the whole body of the video um and if people want the full thing we can offer the full thing and then and then we add on these little fun things like we'll do like a really nice wooden box etched out with their name and stuff so you know as the package goes up obviously more things get brought in and so we we provide a, a variety of different packages for folks who depending on what they want and we we're flexible so we don't rely on this income to make sure we have food on right. the table which which really means that we can focus on the storytelling and the creativity of the the project yeah yeah i was just curious cuz you know you mentioned like having those kind of separations of we deliver this then this then this and it is kind of interesting how weddings wedding videography has become like kind of like you're making the trailer for like the teaser for the movie and Mm -hmm. then the trailer and then like then the actual thing it's just kind of an interesting route yeah and my personal opinion is that that trailer or that sort of initial video uh uses some of the best uh, content yeah. that you have so it's almost like that's the gem of of the product that we have because most folks are going to see that outside of the the wedding community and then yeah. in, within that wedding community the less shareable but more in, thing that encapsulates everything is what that bride and groom and then the, the family and the folks at the wedding eventually watch but that's less shareable like less people are going to watch through a yeah. 10 minute film than a one minute teaser that's easily shareable and, and kind of fun to watch, even if you don't know who's getting married. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not married, so maybe my feelings would be different if I were, but I almost feel like that like highlight thing is really all I would. Yeah. And need a lot of folks want. and a lot of people want that. And that's why we offer that on every package because that's yeah. sort of the meat and bones of, of, you know, what we do and it's what we're good at and it's what we like doing. And so we, we make sure that that is, you know, at the front of all of the packages. So it's, it, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It's kind of fun to, to chat about it, but this, I mean, this could be for a future episode. I know we've talked about, uh, going in depth. Um, but there's a, yeah, there's a lot of neat stuff and wedding season is fun. It's exhausting, but yeah, let me tell you, use proxies and it'll make your life easier. We can go into another episode on, on that stuff. Proxies. Yeah. For your video files. Okay, gotcha. I thought you were saying like you send a representative <laughs> well, in your you stead to to like a meeting. <laughs> I think I, I think I was listening to a podcast. I forget what podcast it was, but they were telling me some midwestern state allows you to have a proxy go like have a proxy go in for you for the wedding. So like you could have a proxy <laughs> groom or a proxy uh, bride or something. It's like really wild. Now I could be completely wrong and they could be huh. completely spreading misinformation, but that's just odd. Yeah. 
I, it wouldn't surprise me if that was a law somewhere. Yeah, that's because there's so a lot of weird or dumb wacky, laws yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what about uh, otherwise uh, outside of wedding videography? How are you f- up to other projects or just exploring other things or yeah. uh, what? Other, what else is going on? Well, definitely looking into other projects. Um, with my my uh, upcoming move here at Penn State, I have some different scheduling things that I've got to look into. I've recently um, been meeting up with a couple of friends, friends of the pod, um, uh, Rohan, and then another person we met here in State College, and we've been meeting up a couple times over the past couple of weeks, or I guess the past month, um, over a beer and just chatting about you know the creative work that we're doing and and where can we continue that work and and what sort of things are on our mind and so hopefully that that turns into something and we can chat about that here and that whole process of just sort of meeting new people and you know collaborating absolutely yeah but that's a lot about me i, I feel like i feel like you need to talk a little bit too okay. so what so what have you been up to well, uh, I had mentioned at some point towards the end of season two that I was getting ready to work on grad school applications um, for uh, specifically for a uh, an MFA in writing for film and television is what I'm trying to pursue. So a lot uh, of my attention outside of my job uh, has been focused on just getting that together that application it's going slower than I would have liked, but I'm still on pace for, you know, hitting my deadline, uh, of like the end of December, basically, uh, the actual deadlines aren't until like February. So I'd still be well ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's not like I'm going to hear back any sooner if I apply in December, but it's just for my own peace of mind that I want to get it all together. Uh, so Part of that has been, uh, one, asking for letter recommendations, which is always, I always feel weird asking people for that kind of stuff. Pro tip, um, keep in touch with all the people in your life that could potentially be references. Yeah. That could include professors, that can include teachers, people, part of your community. Yeah. Just keep in touch with them. Old old supervisors or current supervisors. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so uh, I got that done in, in Basically, the the main other two uh, creative or, you know, intensive pieces, uh, there's an essay uh, that I have to write that's kind of like the the letter or the personal statement or whatever of, like, why do I want to do this sure. uh, and things like that. And so I, I haven't started too deep on that. It's really just kind of passing thoughts as I'm, like, driving uh, somewhere or something like that. Uh, but the other piece is the... Uh, writing sample. Uh, and so most of these schools, I'm specifically looking at uh, remote programs so that I can still work my full-time job and then just do uh, my classes in the evenings and stuff like that, um, just for context. But uh, most of these applications require uh, like a 15-page writing sample uh, just to get a sense of you and your writing style and your writing ability uh, and also just your like the kinds of genres or types of stories that you're looking to tell. 
and so I have been struggling to figure out what I'm going to submit. And I think we talked about this on the podcast at some point, but I'm a little bit more firm uh, in what I'm doing. Uh, but basically, I I finally made the switch to Final Draft, uh, which is the uh, screenwriting software that most people like professionals use. Um and, you know, you can make an argument that you really don't need to do that. But I, I just I, it was something that I wanted to invest in. Uh, so I made that switch. And so I have been going through some of my old scripts and basically just retyping them uh, over into this new software so that I can export them and use that as my writing sample. Uh, and it's been interesting to just go back to, uh, like, the first 10 pages of Loser that I wrote in 2020. Uh, and just retyping that and kind of seeing, oh, I forgot about this part because uh, mm-hmm. it's been a while since I touched up the like the very first episode of that. Um, just like f- finding stuff that I forgot about or uh, just finding a little uh, nitpicks of like, huh, I wonder why I chose to do that. I'm going to change that right mm-hmm. now, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's just like screenwriting format or grammar or just like a character's voice or something like that. Um, soon I'm, I'm going to be retyping, uh, why men. And I'm kind of interested to see how that goes, uh, of just basically rereading this for the first time since 2019. Um, and so, uh, basically I'm, I'm evaluating what I'm going to send out and I'm going to send out a 15 page, a couple, uh, different samples, uh, to you and, uh, a few of our other friends just to get feedback on, uh, if people think I should do this sample, this sample, or or divide and do like seven pages of both of these or something like that. Um, so that's been an interesting uh, process to just kind of reevaluate who I am as a writer uh, as I'm trying to tell people who I am as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been interesting. Um, so, yeah, yeah that's, that's what's taken up most of my time. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I'm excited to... I'm excited to hear about the um, about that pro- process and and the progress you're making on it, and uh, I'm sure that other folks who are listening or potential people in that community who might be listening are going to be curious on that process, uh, and you know how how it goes, because uh, there may be people out there who are who are doing the same thing. Maybe it's not for you know that specific program in grad school, but for any type of you know college assignment or sort of high high-end, high-thought-processing project. Uh, can you... So I'm really curious. Um, can you, like, explain what sort of things that you want to get out of grad school? So I know that there's going to be the networking aspect and just, you know, having other professionals guide you in a sense. But if you are already, you know, creating scripts and stuff, uh, do you do you truly believe that... that you know, school and this grad program is going to drastically help you outside of those networking and, and just knowing people in the industry? Yeah. And, and that's definitely a fair question because that's honestly like there's the question across everybody of like, should I go to college? Uh, but I think especially for things like film school or whatever, people are like, is it worth it? Should I actually do this? Uh, and I think for me, and this is a different case because it's grad school and not like undergrad or something like that. Um, but for me, a big part of it is that it will allow me to uh, 
really build my portfolio and my voice so that I can just get better and better because, uh, you know, I think we all understand that the best way to get better at writing is just writing more. And so you're going to have your rough things to start. So can I push you Uh, on this before you continue? Can I push you a little further? So are you looking for structure and critique in this program? Because you're not getting it now? Is that part of it? Like if something is due in three weeks, in your head, you are approaching it differently than an arbitrary date that you've set yourself now to complete something. Are you approaching it differently? And is that structure going to allow you to build the portfolio versus, you know, not being in school and building the portfolio? Because theoretically, you could be doing the same thing now. Right. Yeah, that that is part of it is uh, like, yeah, I could be writing right now, but it's not the same as uh, getting that feedback from, you know, the professors there or from other peers that are part of that program, Uh, especially because, you know, as much as I love just sending things out to all my friends, uh, you know, I don't really have uh, people to send it to who are also trying to, to get into that right. there's value so, in that for sure yeah uh and i think also the the strength of uh being able to build a portfolio through a program like this is that uh it will push me to uh you know pursue everything like i'm not just uh doing my own little passion project that's taking like two years or something like that uh, I, I am, you know, doing this project and then I'm the next semester I'm working on this thing and they're both finished or at least in some version finished, uh, that I can present, uh, as something that I have written, uh, and just from semester to semester have those things to look for, um, or look forward to, to show people. Um, and I, I do think, you know, uh, it is just a good excuse to have that structure, that forces me to write every day um, because as as much as I uh, have tried to do that and sometimes I succeed, sometimes I fail, uh, just having m- my own voice in my head uh, it can sometimes be hard to listen to, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, so. Does does that does that explain that? Yeah, why? I mean, yeah, no, that that does. I the reason I, I bring it up is because I've obviously known you throughout college and seen you excel in that kind of environment where there are peers and uh, professionals who are critiquing and grading and ultimately judging your work and forcing you to be better for that better grade. And I've seen that happen in real time in college, and that just that's not the case outside of school unless you find yourselves in those situations where you have a network or a community of professionals who can give you that brutally honest feedback let's be honest professors and folks who will hold, will force you and hold you to a higher standard than your friends and that's yeah. that's on our part for not doing that um, <laughs> but also friendship isn't always about pushing those boundaries and making you uncomfortable 
about the work that you're doing. And maybe it is. Maybe we're just failing <laughs> as your friends to do that. Uh, but I, th- I do think that you succeed and you can flourish in that kind of environment, though it will be very, very taxing with a full-time job and all the yeah. other responsibilities you have. And I think that's just a huge maturing moment that you're going to, you know, be a part of and you'll see, oh, there goes the dog. So I know I'm excited for you. And I, and I think that this is a good plan. I'm very curious about the other listeners, perhaps who are going through the same process or the same thought process on, on that. And maybe folks are already in grad school and they can tell us, Hey, is this, is this what you thought you were getting? Or were you just at a point in your life where you needed some kind of structure and you thought that this was your only way to get it? Cause I'm, I'm very curious. Cause obviously grad school is expensive. Another uh, big reason of why I want to do a, a a program like this is because I would also be very interested in teaching in the future. Right. And that's a terminal uh, degree, kind of right? Your MFA yeah. is terminal degree. And that would basically put you in teaching stature at a small college or a large university or wherever you end up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's important. Yeah. So. Yeah, I found that, you know, I just I I'm very even though like obviously higher education has its many, many quirks uh, <laughs> as a field. And, you know, there's all the questions of smaller colleges surviving and stuff like that in uh, the 2020s. But uh, I think it's just uh, the academic setting is an environment that I've always appreciated uh, and enjoyed. Uh, even in the stressful times, mm-hmm. uh, and you're right uh, there in the student. trenches as a as an admissions counselor, so you you see it in real time. Yeah, so that's uh, hopefully I get into one of these programs. Uh, there's on- only so many that do uh, the remote program, so hopefully I get in so that I can actually come back and not embarrass myself uh, listening back to these old episodes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, so. that's why we do this. Yeah. So obviously we're all rooting for you. We're excited for you. And I'm really looking forward to chatting about this process and your work. Hopefully, hopefully when this, these programs start up, you'll be able to talk about the stuff that you're working on and potentially the feedback pro- process and how that might look different in the real world versus in, in a college program or a graduate program. Uh, and I think these are all good, good topics that we can hopefully as a community, as a uh, write that down community can, um, cheer you on and and live through your you know graduate school experience and hopefully something cool comes out of it like you know you go win an oscar or something (laughs) one can dream uh (laughs) but uh yeah i'd say i'd say the other uh big thing that has taken a pause in the past few weeks for a reason that i'll get into but uh fisher formerly on the pod uh, we had been working on potentially a short film to uh, write and uh, shoot together. Uh, and I won't go into too many details because it's still in the process of being written and will hopefully be shot at some point. Um, but uh, it's basically like kind of a thriller-ish thing that we just wanted to, you know, do something together to hold each other accountable. Uh, and uh, that's been... Uh, fun to write, uh, at least at the start. Uh, then I had to take a pause on writing things because I sprained my wrist. It was actually a less fun couple of weeks than I thought it would be. It mm-hmm. was very hard to 
just do the simple things that I completely forgot about uh, that you actually use both hands for, uh, like pushing my arm down to push myself up off of the couch that I just did inherently. And then, ow, that really hurt. Uh, but that meant that I couldn't type for, for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so it's been fun to, to work with Fisher again uh, after uh, a while away from college. Uh, but I just feel bad because I, I've that's also something where I wanted to use that for my potential writing sample. Uh, and I still might be able to, but it's just been a longer process than I anticipated because of said sprained wrist, which was just nothing exciting. I, I tripped on a famous Huntingdon uh, uneven sidewalk and uh, fell right on my left arm. So, yeah. Okay. So we've formulated uh, that we've got future plans for more episodes, which is always good. Yeah. Uh, we'll be reaching out to folks. That was a quick update episode here. Um, we've got a lot. Yeah. In, we've got a lot in store. We've got a lot of ideas. Do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Uh, well, I have a lot to say. I'm definitely not procrastinating. But okay, no, we're doing one per episode, and they can't all be Marvel. I know. I, New rules this year. How many Marvel things do you think come out? Way too many. We're spending okay. too much money on crap. I have. So many things to talk about that aren't Marvel. Okay, so I guess we're doing definitely not procrastinating. Yes. Uh, so here's the thing is there are so many things that I can talk about that I am legitimately going to start a list so that I can go through each week and just take one off. Because uh, I've watched so many movies and done so many things. And yeah, it's been uh, busy on that front. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess what I'll do today for my definitely not procrastinating is... Uh, I had heard of a thing called the Criterion Collection, but I never fully knew what it was uh, until recently. And so I finally learned that the Criterion Collection is basically uh, a collection that this uh, like publishing company or distrib- distribution company puts together of just so many movies, films that they uh, think are uh, the best of the best or just represent uh, what can be achieved with, you know, the medium of film. Uh, and uh, it started in, like, the 80s, I think, but uh, they just started doing, like, DVDs and Blu-rays in the 2000s and 2010s. Uh, and basically, they publish uh, new versions of all of the movies that they add to the collection, okay. uh, but they have super unique... Uh, like cover art so that it doesn't look like just a Blu-ray with the weird blue tab up top. It's like this new art that's made for uh, the Criterion Collection release. Uh, and then on each disc, they have uh, like one of the best uh, versions of the movies in terms of quality, like visually and audially uh, or orally, I guess, and things like that. Uh, but they also bring in uh, a ton of special features. Like it could be uh, a new commentary with the director or the actors. There are uh, interviews, uh, whether they are back when the movie came out or they uh, just brought the, the actors back after like 20 years to just talk about things um, like different panels from film festivals and stuff like that. Uh, and it's just a really cool, uh, just new way to watch and take in a movie where you you watch the movie and then there are so many different behind the scenes featurettes that you wouldn't normally get on a Blu-ray disc. 
Uh, and I have just been having so much fun going through the list of it's around like 1100 movies now uh, that are part of it. Uh, and just watching these movies that I never heard of or never uh, just thought to watch. Um, and so I'll, I guess I'll say uh, I, you know, I have an Excel doc that has the list of all the movies and I check off when I watch them. And then I have another column for when I collect that Blu-ray. Uh, and so it is uh, potentially a new avenue for me to be fiscally irresponsible, but I think I'm doing a pretty good job so far of staying responsible. Uh, but the first Blu-ray that I bought for it was uh, the movie Inside Lewin Davis, which I've probably talked about at some point on this podcast. Uh, but it's a movie that came out in 2009 uh, or 2011, I think, uh, that is... Uh, starring Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver and Carey Mulligan and Justin Timberlake and all these people. And it's just like about a folk singer guitarist uh, in New York in the 60s. Uh, and it's just one of my favorite movies. Uh, and I was so excited to see that it was on the Criterion Collection. So I bought that disc and it's been super cool to just go through some of those uh, extra um you know, featurettes and things like that. So uh, there are probably going to be a great many Criterion movies that I will be talking about in future episodes, but uh, that's my piece about the Criterion collection as a whole. It's just, it's so cool to, you know, it's it's a really fun way to be a film snob without actually being snobby. Uh, it's just what, seeing all these movies that have been collected uh, for me to watch and stuff like that. So Wow. It's worse than the Marvels. Marvel stuff. Oh my, oh my gosh. Uh, good. I'm glad. That sounds right up your alley and definitely not right up mine. But that's that's <laughs> why we're here. Um, I might as well get this one out of the way because I had a pretty cool one. Um, I don't have necessarily. I've been. I'll, I've got a couple of things that I'll chat about over the next couple episodes. I think. Uh, but one of the most recent um things that I went on trips, I guess, work trip was um to adobe max in la uh work took me out there and and uh, i got to meet some professionals in in all of the adobe you know apps and and the more specifically in the video creation and visual multimedia project creation uh and so that was really cool to be out in la for a week uh and and to be a part of that you know worldwide community of creators and content creators and people who you know are really good at what they do. Uh, and so I got to, you know, network, I got to, you know, check out new features that Adobe's coming out with. Um, and that was just, that was a blast. So, so, you know, when there's opportunities, uh, that either work provides, school provides, jump on those, those, uh, those opportunities. And maybe that's just a trip out to the town next, next to you, or maybe that's a trip out to LA. Uh, but, but jump on those uh, opportunities and, and man, they're, they're really cool. Like we had a blast. Um, it was, it was like a party, but then there was a lot of really neat things to interact with. They go all out at, at Adobe max. And so hopefully I'll be bringing up some of the things that I learned and some of the people that I met and, and see how that influences my work and potentially the work of others in that, you know, in the creative field. So, so that was, that happened a couple, well, that was like last month. So, um, hopefully some of those things I'll bring onto the pod and, uh, that's where one of the speakers was the director of Coda, right? Yes. So I was reaching out to you about that, and uh, the, yeah. the director of Coda was there and talked about 
their film and uh, there were about four or five other directors of of these really important um, artistic uh, and culturally significant art artists really they were there to to talk about their work and that was that was really cool was that just because like they they use premiere or something like that I think it was just I think it was just the the content that that movie was about uh, and they and that they yeah they ultimately used hmm. uh, Adobe products to make it I think um, and that's it's just sort of a celebration of the variety of things that people can create at the highest level and it was just it was really mind-blowing of uh, the scale at which Adobe goes through to show off their their stuff as well as the people that they bring in to to talk about the work that they do with their their products. Awesome. So yeah, I'm yeah, looking forward to hearing more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that about does it for us. Yeah. Uh, nice little welcome n- back episode. Yeah, Nate, where can the people find you? Oh, you know, you can find me on Twitter. Was it Nate Ulrich 16? It's been a while since we've done this. Yeah. Um, Facebook and stuff, Nate Ulrich. So reach out to me if you're interested in chatting on the show or if you want to just connect. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob Yesfak. You can also find me on Twitter at Jacob Yesfak. Uh, although who knows how much longer I'm going to be on Twitter. Uh, the Elon Musk takeover has been putting me off, but also I've been thinking about getting off of Twitter anyways because there's Mind, just so mindless much mindless scrolling, huh? Yeah, well, mindless scrolling and just like seeing these dumb movie or soccer takes that I just it just puts my yeah, there's brain an unfollow in a bad button headspace. for a reason. Well, no, it's not even the unfollow. It's like the the feature where it's like, hey, you might like this tweet. Uh, you have like, to go no, into Twitter. your settings. I really didn't. You have to go into your you have to go into your settings and turn that off. I I yeah. recently noticed that you could do that, and I and I I've done that, and it's made my experience a lot more enjoyable, a lot more just connecting with professionals and folks who I actually want to connect with. Yeah, but, but honestly, the uh, social media quote unquote that I'm most active on is uh, Letterboxd, uh, which is also I'm pretty sure it's at Jacob Yesvac. Let me just double check on that. Actually, it might be at Jamikov. Uh, Letterboxd. I am at Jamikov, which is J A M I C O V. Uh, I might change that to Jacob B.S. Beck if I can soon, but uh, that's what it is right now. Uh, and Letterboxd is the uh, film where you just like rate and review uh, movies and you can like make lists and rank things and all that. And I am on there constantly. So you can <coughs> also snob. find me there. <coughs> Excuse <I> would, me. <coughs> movie snob. You don't, Whoa, you don't have, have see, here's the thing. You don't have to be a movie snob to be on Letterboxd. There, there's, there's a lot of people who just like talk about blockbusters and things like that. Honestly, I just like, I, I want to meet more people or have more people on there because it's just fun to see what other people are watching and what they think of it. Okay. Uh, so <clears> we got to get you on Letterboxd. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, if you want to reach out to us, you, that's, you can reach out to either of our social media handles or you can email askwtd at gmail.com. Uh, it's been a while since we've had to plug that, but you can email us questions, thoughts, prompts, comments, whatever, what might have you. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be back on December 23rd, I guess. Uh, yeah, anything else, Nate? Nope, I think that's all. All right. Well, we will see you very soon. All right. See ya.